Hello, everybody, and welcome to an episode of Getting Hammered with me, your host, Mary Catherine Ham, and I'm also here with Vic Mattis. Hello, Mary Catherine. How are you, and how is that delicious thing you're eating that I wasn't sure was ice cream <laughs> or baby food, and it's something in between? Oh, it is. It's so good for me. It is cookie dough in a cup. That's just, that's just straight up what that did, is. Did you uh, buy it in the cup, or you put it in a cup? So get yourself some friends who start a meal train for you and after you have a baby and one of the meals is just cookie dough (laughs) (laughs) this is so there's a place i didn't know there's there's a place that sells you know wholesome salmonella free cookie dough i was gonna say for you to eat i was always i missed the cookie dough train and i always remember hearing early on Back in the 90s, no less, mm-hmm. that, oh, are you kidding me? Cookie dough. No, it's like there's raw stuff in there. You no, can get this sick. Is, this one is San Salmonella, which is oh. not the name of the uh, the place that it you ordered it, it from. I don't know. Why. It wouldn't sell? What are you saying? <laughs> but it came to my door, and I I opened the box, and I thought, is this ice cream? Because it looks kind of like an ice cream scoop. And I was like, well, she wouldn't send ice cream. And then I dug into it, and I was like, this is the holy grail. It's just wow. safe cookie dough for me to eat do you think that uh so i had it for breakfast and also dinner (laughs) i'm sure uh if you polled men and women do you think it's mostly women who are into cookie dough than men well i think that's a trope and we shouldn't be (laughs) heteronormative about it okay no just no i think i think that my husband will have stolen at least half of my cookie dough by the time i get home so oh there you go real (laughs) men eat cookie dough no, he's gonna be—he's gonna be mad at me just for having it around. Have I ever told you his uh, his declaration? This is so romantic. He has an issue with sweets, but his body is a <laughs> temple, and so he doesn't want to pollute it. So he doesn't keep sweets in the house. So Halloween right. candy and stuff sort of th- these things become a problem. On several occasions on Halloween, he has volunteered to hand out candy, and I have left him at the house, and then I come back, and he's clearly sick to his stomach and i'm like what happened to you and then i open the garbage can and there's just overflowing wrappers oh. because he just he can't control himself and so i asked him He's one like time jenny sack from the sopranos if so, you watch that show so i don't have a sweet tooth and i said well what what would happen if i was the kind of person who needed to have sweets in the house and he said i would not have continued the relationship <laughs> so he binged Yes, yes. He he knows what he can handle and what he can't, and having that cookie dough in the house is going to be a problem for him. One day I'm going to learn that lesson. (laughs) You just go ahead and binge. Thank you. Binge, forgive yourself, binge, forgive yourself. My my body's also a temple of doom. doom. And how was like? It's okay. The baby is becoming a a little bit more of a sleep terrorist, but we're we're dealing with it. Last night she was was up for a while. And I actually... Actually, I don't know if other moms do this. I I moved rooms, not because I needed to, but because I couldn't handle my enticing, warm, comfortable bed being right there, but I can't actually sleep in it. I was like, let's go somewhere less comfortable. So I just feel less So you don't go into deprived. a deep, in a deep <laughs> sleep or feel No, just, just feel deprived. I don't want to sit in my bed and not sleep. It makes me sad. So I went elsewhere. I was like, we're going to the nursery where the baby does not sleep yet. But someday, ah. but someday might, if we can get her through her sleep sure. terrorism stage. I'm sure. <laughs> Wishes luck. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, a little bit more serious. This week, Vic, is the 32nd anniversary ah. of the fall of the Berlin Wall. A great moment for freedom yes. in, in all of history. 
Good afternoon. We have a late and really, truly a sensational report coming in from East Germany. In a news conference which ended just a few minutes ago in East Berlin, government officials announced that communist East Germany has now declared their border open with West Germany. The official statement is that East German citizens now have the right to cross directly from East Germany into West Germany. The, uh, and what we call the uh, Wiedervereinigung. Uh, for those of us who study German, the reunification. It's I was, a beautiful, beautiful. It is. It's just such a beautiful word. Mellifluous. It's, it's just like, you know, it's like the, the word for like butterfly in, in, in French is like papillon, right? Or mariposa. And right. then in German, schmetterling. You know, it's a, <laughs> enjoy it really, the schmetterling. It really captures yeah. the spirit yeah. of a butterfly. So I was, yes. I, I, was, I, was, I was in German. Uh, I studied German in high school and in college. But I was, so we, we had German classes and, that, and it was happening. And mm. I remember my father telling me that the Berlin Wall was coming down. And I told him, I said, no, there's no way that's going to happen. Right. There's no way. I mean, it's not just going to, what, it's just going to end? I feel like Christopher Walken at the end of, uh, of that movie, Blast from the Past, you know, right. they just gave up, really? Sure. And, and I couldn't believe that happened. But it was a reason why a lot of people I know, me, my wife, and other people, who we went to school, uh, Georgetown, we went to the Foreign Service School because of what was happening in mm. 1989. It was so inspiring about the end of communism and the fall of the Eastern Bloc and was like, wow, we want to be a part of that right. and join the foreign service and then fail the exam. So <laughs> how about you? You you have Famously memory. tough exam, to Famous, be fair. Famously tough exam, so, even if I studied for it. So I was younger, but I do remember it as a moment where that one of those moments where my parents called us into the living room to say, this is a moment, this is a change in world order, you have to see this. And I think short, around this time or shortly afterwards, my dad had started traveling to uh, Russia during the sort of Glasnost period oh, yeah. as an advisor to newspapers in Russia. He's a newspaper man his whole career. And so he went to teach Russian newspapers how not to be <laughs> Pravda. Uh, here's how you would do that if you were to have a free press. And so those trips, I think, solidified for him the difference. He was a, he was a, he's a liberal turned conservative later in life, but solidified for him the real issues with communism and we talked about that in our house and we experienced some of that in, in, cult in cultural exchanges between Russia and here and um, and so I think it, it made an impact perhaps more than it would have because of my dad's yes. on the ground experience and it must Russia. have been very mind blowing for the students to understand how to unthink something that they've been you know has been inculcated in them for so many years yeah. about what to quote unquote report right. unlike now of course but I sorry, know, right? No, yeah. There, there is a, a question about how much knowledge yes, we could provide yes, as yes. American media. But, you know, there, there, were, there were so many unknowns at that time. The Berlin Wall had come down, but there was still a question of the two Germanys becoming one. And uh, people forget that, you know, it was uh, Margaret Thatcher who uh, had opposed uh, the initial efforts uh, right. for reunification, which George H.W. Bush was very instrumental in and worked with Helmut Kohl. But I think it was Thatcher's line when she said, no, she goes, don't get me wrong. I love Germany so much. I want two of them. That's what she said. But <laughs> nevertheless. There was another historic gathering <laughs> this week. Oh, no. For freedom. <laughs> I spied. Oh, boy. Somewhere on the internets oh. at some point mm -hmm. uh, a picture of our very own Vic Mattis in one of his haunts. You have haunts. Vic I do. has haunts. I have a, I have a couple. Um, he's a guy with haunts. And, uh, and, he was with none other than recent gubernatorial candidate Terry McAuliffe. Notorious race baiter, <laughs> Terry McAuliffe. Uh, yes, that is true, Mary Catherine. It was, uh, it was last Friday. Tell us what you can remember, Vic. 
Well, I saw the picture too. <laughs> so, uh, no, so we were at, uh, I, I was just taking out, it was supposed to be just a quick lunch, as usual with me, you know, just like the, the intention is there. It's like, oh no, I just wanted to take one of the assistant editors out. And I went with two other of my colleagues from work. And the manager tells me quickly, he says, Terry's coming in. And do you, where do you want to sit? Do you want to sit? I go, no, I want to sit all the way in the back. Don't, you know, so we sat in a separate section. In fact, our section had nobody there, which was nice. It was just our table. And it was very noisy in that middle section. And uh, he had a big table of maybe eight or nine people. They were all there, but uh, except for Terry. He came much later, much like a lot of famous people do. They want to make sure they're the last right. ones in, right? That's um, what I people do. People used to say, yes, you, yeah. um, Bob Costas. They say, used to say about Bob Costas. <laughs> so uh, then Terry comes in. His table gives him a big round of applause. He sits down. And then we got to thinking, you know what? He's no longer a threat to the Commonwealth, right? right? So why don't we get him in, uh, 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 drinks for him in the table okay. and just tell the manager, courtesy of the free vegan right oh, so you've kind what of a move. yes what considering a move. everything we did to destroy him and so the uh, manager comes over mentions it and he sort of perks up and then he turns around and then a couple minutes go by uh and he didn't have a smile on his face but then he got up he went around and he said something to the effect of well you know getting us drinks is the least you could do for breaking my ass all year and then and we had a funny we had a big laugh we were talking about his book which my colleague Brent Share you know loves his, uh, Terry's book on, on on politics it's just a true sort of right. you know from a political animal's uh, point of view and then the handlers came over and that was very interesting because while we were talking there was a lot of okay thank you gentlemen thank you yeah. thank you know and they take moving away. along moving along yes and yeah. that's what they don't want they they journalists they get nervous uh and i understand that they he peppered us with some questions you know why don't we see comment like we see comment all the time you know you know if you read the pieces we always say did not return a request and he turned to one of the guys and just like really and they're like uh well what's done is done well yeah. i can't speak to that sir <laughs> right <laughs> exactly and, and terry's like ah it wouldn't have been a good piece anyway so he said okay whatever that was fine but at some point the handlers left and i thought you know what it would be funny for me i'll, I'll get a uh, let me get a photo. You know, my kids get a <laughs> kick out of this since they know him notoriously. Uh, and so I said, you know what? Not for public consumption. Not just a picture. You know, you know, my yeah, sure. Let's do a picture. And so we did a picture because he can't resist. I feel bad because somebody else, not at our table, somebody else took a photo and oh. then posted it. So the McAuliffe people were, I think, not happy because they thought, oh, we had given, I had given word that with someone as famous as you and terry you have to be careful you have to be careful i feel the same way so i you know i gave my big mac and big vic over here that's right nobody can mackers and mattis and uh so somebody else had taken a picture that's how it got up and 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 that was the 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 end of uh of the story but i will say this he was a i mean again an awful candidate you know with lots of lots of pinocchios so many pinocchios many pinocchios thousands of kids with covid in the hospital trump is here in Virginia, whatever. But a gracious loser, a happy warrior. He very much is like his mentor, Bill Clinton. He can't stop talking to people, even if it's people he might hate. I, yeah, I have I have noticed that about him. Yes, and I, I thought I thought that was that was what was interesting about his behavior on the trail in the in the end of that campaign is that it didn't look happy warrior, which he generally is a genial seeming guy. Yes, one of our colleagues said in the picture, this is the happiest he's never looked happier than that, even on the campaign trail. And I think that's true. I think he's probably happy that he is now done. Yeah. Like, he's not going to run for governor again or anything else. Well, I was sad that I wasn't invited to that particular <laughs> palm. It was unexpected. Black hole of martinis. Yeah. So Vic, Vic goes into the palm, and by the time it gets out, 
It's definitely dark, right? It was like 8 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. It was that, 8 o'clock. that lunch is going for a while. Yeah. I I, kept, the, the other <laughs> I have an annual lunch that I do with Vic and some other like friends. That. That's that a little more controlled. It's basically required that it go from lunchtime until evening. Yeah. <laughs> Alex looks skeptical. No, it, I, the guys said that I kept on mumbling about needing to come home to make dinner. <laughs> well... Surprise, surprise, I get home and, of course, uh, dinner was made. Oh, so, imagine, imagine that. Imagine that. The saintly Kate. Yes, that's, she is a saint. Has taken care of things. Uh, so that's that story. <laughs> so, speaking of black holes, let's talk about daylight savings. Oh. Time. It flies when you're having fun. But it also killed Peapaw. Every March and November... We try to control it. Daylight saving time is about to begin. Remember, we fall back tomorrow night, set the clocks back. Springing forward, and I hate it. That one hour. Why do we change our clocks? And does it do more harm than good? Well, as I found out, if you screw with time... Who are you? It just might screw you back. By the way, yes. I say daylight savings time, and I know that is incorrect. It, it's technically daylight saving time, and when I say it the other way, I'm being like when my mom says Barnes and Nobles, but I, <laughs> I don't care. I like the way my mom says Barnes and Nobles, and I'm gonna say daylight savings time. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, I almost corrected somebody's copy because they said daylight saving time. I go, no, that can't be right. Nope. And I check, oh, it is. Yeah, I want, I want the time to belong mm-hmm. to the savings. It's a savings, <laughs> like a savings bank. Yes. Uh, how do you feel about this? Well, okay. I have thoughts. I think that years ago, maybe around the time of the fall of the Berlin Wall, you didn't hear a lot of whining about daylight saving time. I'm trying to say it the right way and I can't. It's okay. <laughs> you didn't hear a lot of whining. And I feel like it's one of these things in the internet age in particular that I'm not We're sure people there. would actually be happy if we went to just daylight saving mm-hmm. time and, and didn't switch it up. I think they would be sad that they lost their opportunity to complain. Yes. Because I think a lot of it is that. That's right. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it gives you a bit of mileage on the Twitter's. Just say, oh, here we go again. Um, that said, which side are you on? I I think I'm, I don't really have an opinion aside from like, wow, you guys are just really kvetching a lot about this. <laughs> I, I, I see the argument for sticking with one. One. Uh, no, and There's no reason for it anymore. And 18 states actually have passed legislation to say that they would like to do that but there is a federal issue where they, that's they, they cannot and that i object to because the federal government should not be telling them that 10th amendment they should be able to have whatever time they want to have and, and plus you have the support of people like marco rubio and sheldon whitehouse on the other side saying let's put an end to this madness let's do it and yet it still exists it reminds me of uh, the scene in oliver stone's nixon and Nixon's, you know, the, the hippie girl at the Lincoln Memorial is asking Nixon, you know, why can't you win the war? And he's like, I, I think I could tame it. She goes, tame it like a wild animal. It can't be stopped. You can't stop the war. And it's the same thing. We can't stop this. Yeah, how, Somebody is controlling this. Right. How is it? So, I mean, it's so ingrained. Yes. I'm surprised that for something that so many people complain about, why uh-huh. hasn't there been action on this? Yeah. We can pass the infrastructure bill. We can't We yeah. can't do this. Yeah. But I, I do think there needs to be appreciation for the warriors who came before us, like my father, who manually changed every clock <laughs> in the house. Like, what are I we? Compl- a little bit of that. What are we complaining about now when all of our clocks just change? Yeah, well, we have a couple battery-operated clocks, microwave oven, that kind of a thing. But what I was surprised was my car clock changed on its own. 
That's, it's getting smarter. That's impressive. I I have a a newish car, but it does not change. And because you know how hard it is to change a car clock. It's. <laughs> I have to get hard. that book out yeah. and look you inside manual. it. You get the manual along with what does a symbol mean? Yes. Um, so, but yeah. you know what I did is I, I actually the day after changed my clock and I was so impressed with myself. But then my 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 uh, plaudits for myself did not last long because I remembered that I had just changed it. The last time, like oh. two weeks ago, <laughs> so I got it in. You didn't have to. You were ahead of your. You were I, ahead of time. But you know what? Yeah. You know what the thing is though is that is that I I retained the skill, so I didn't actually have to take the handbook out this time Good. because there was so little yeah, oh, time you, 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 in between short, the two. Changes. It was a short window of normal time did, in your car. I did the conversion for like yeah. six months, and then finally changed it, and then had to change it back. What what a lot of people don't realize, I think, if they don't have little kids, is that you know everyone's like, oh, it's so great, you get the extra hour. Little kids don't care about that extra hour. Yes. They will wake up whenever. So, in fact, it's the spring forward that works to the advantage if you have little kids. Right. Th- they'll be like, what? You know, versus they'll just, if they if they got up at six, they're getting up at five. It's true. That That is true. And I I sort of treat daylight savings, I'm going to say it, daylight savings time. Mm, you do like, it. Uh, <laughs> like when I when I travel and I have jet lag, I just try to keep myself as ignorant as possible of what's going on. All of the all the clocks are going to change. I have that blessing surrounding me with with big tech, and so all the, all the things are going to change. I'm not going to know what time it is really if I don't think about it too hard. And I encourage the children to be similarly ignorant. <laughs> That's my plan. It takes a while, you know. It took a while for for me to explain to like my son, yeah. like what's going on here. You know, because he's like, so, because I asked him what he preferred and he, he was like, but his, his reasoning was so messed up about losing and gaining an hour. I'm like, no, that's not actually what's happening. It's, I mix it up every time. I yeah. try to, I try to work it out in my brain and I go, yeah. it's not, it's not worth it. It's not mm-hmm. worth it. Just live by what the clock tells you. Well, I say just end it. We should just end it. So. I'm just going to follow my phone. So if you end it, have at it. My phone will tell me what to do. Early sundown was always like you associated in the fall with school Maybe you're in eighth grade or something. You come back. Maybe there's only an hour left of sunlight, and it's that golden light, and it's fading. And you it, got homework. It's a bummer. Just, it's a, such a bummer. You know, dinner is almost ready. You didn't do your homework, and it's like this is. It's so depressing. It is. So it depressing. is. It's a bit of a bummer. I went out for a walk at about three fifteen, and it was magic hour, and I was yeah, like, no, yeah, no, at no, 3:15. no, no. That's right. So okay, right now I'm complaining too. Okay, okay, I'm a hypocrite. It happened. I'm a hypocrite. Daylight savings time. Barnes and Nobles. <laughs> All right. Up next, we have inflation. Question, Vic. Mary Catherine. Is it good, actually? I think that's what uh, some people want us to believe, <laughs> that, along with the supply chain that problem. Is a, that is a question that the MSNBC Twitter account asked. Oh, by the way, you sent me that link, and it was deleted. Yes, so I think they... tell me, what did it say? I... I, I Erred in not screenshotting it, uh, but I believe it actually just said why inflation is actually good. And I'm not, oh, I'm not mischaracterizing perfect. that. That was the gist of it. Now, the op-ed that it links to is more nuanced. Yes, it's than right. that. a little bit more reasoned. And I think the tweet was a mistake and perhaps emblematic of a of an issue we have in media coverage, where you tweet something to get a bunch of people to click and be outraged. No, it worked. It until they deleted it. But it, it is an op-ed that it attempts to convince us that the inflation we're seeing is because of great demand from great recovery, and that people are actually quite flush with cash 
because of unemployment benefits and because of the nature of this COVID recession. Mm-hmm. And while some of the data points may be true, and I'm I'm all for that. I, the part that I agreed with in this op-ed, which is Bloomberg op-ed, is that we shouldn't be trying to scare people about inflation. Let's deal with the actual facts. I wish we would do that with COVID. Oh, I heard b- that. I thought that, was, I thought that was you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. She, while you were talking. She's so mad about means. inflation. Like We shouldn't be scaring mm. people with outlandish stuff. But telling people that the thing in front of their eyeballs at the grocery store is not hurting them yeah. will not be helpful politically. That's correct. Uh, telling somebody that, oh, by the way, it's okay to pay $15 like I did for two McDonald's sandwiches and medium fries. Uh, it's like... I understand things go up in price over time, right? I remember when like a martini was seven or eight dollars and now it's set it's 15 times. to 20. It's yeah. 15 to 20. That I remember hearing that there were drinks in New York City that were $20 and bracing for it to come to DC and eventually it did. And now it's like, oh, it's $20 for a drink and it sounded crazy you at the time. You got to do what you got to do. But this is a little bit different and it happened because of the immediacy of it is the difference because right. of how drastic the prices have increased. Uh, Again, what we're talking, it's, it's, it's basic econ, sort of. Um, you had these two COVID relief bills. You know, you did pump in a lot of money. It's, it's what they, they call an overheated economy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of money, not a lot of supply. The result is inflation. And one of the points that those who make this argument make is like, hey, this is, we're bouncing back. And it's true. There is a, there is a quick bounce back sure. because we Tanya Hardinged the greatest economy in the history of the world during the COVID response. And as a result, whether you think that was good or bad, hi, sweetness, whether you think that was good or bad, we can't sort of take credit for, no. <laughs> for, for Nancy Kerrigan's comeback. Like, oh, look That's at right. what we've done here. What, what I enjoyed from that op-ed also is the, you know, pointing to, you know, bad media coverage of inflation. And they were actually going after CNN, right? Because yeah. of the nine, the, the milk story. The milk yes. story, which we discussed last episode. Yes, because they were saying yes. that this is not a typical family and therefore this sure. is an exaggerated sure. effect. What I do get a kick out of is complaints from the left that the mainstream media is doing a terrible job uh, with the narrative. Or that it's fear-mongering. Yes. Uh, and they talk, why are you talking about Afghanistan? think? Why are you talking about Afghanistan? Or the supply chain, or all these different things, and it's very upset. That that darn MSM, it's going it has after it Biden. After them. Are they really have they after, after has them. it out for him. Has it out for him. President Biden's numbers in a recent USA Today Suffolk University poll, his approval rating has dropped to a new low of thirty eight percent. Once you once you get to the thirties, it's not great. President Donald Trump spent a lot of time in the thirties, like thirty seven. Yeah. I remember the number thirty seven. He's been a lot of time there. This is a very quick drop off for a president, perhaps. I think maybe the the most expeditious drop off is expeditious, right? Right. We've Words. only been, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> drop off since uh, since the Second World War. Now, people will say, "Oh, well, Donald Trump was he was bad too." Yes, but he didn't have as far to fall because he didn't start that. <laughs> it was yes, the percentage. So, so it's the, a big fall. Yes, it's a large fall. But the the interesting thing to me is that VP Harris, who's not super visible, has it. An approval rating of 28. That's down there. Yeah, right, That's below. Uh, I don't know what the numbers are for past vice presidents, but I can't imagine this is uh, good news for her. Well, and it's not great news for them if, as many Democrats have expressed in polling, they would like to run someone different than Biden. That's exactly. Four years, which is, I think, reasonable. He's getting on up there. Harris would be 
the natural fit, but the fit ain't so good. It's always the vice president. And it's it's funny that it's the top two people. What was the number? 64% of Democrats think that Biden should not be right. the nominee in 2024. But if they like Kamala Harris even less, then they have a serious problem. Who are they going to pick? And I was thinking about vice presidents of the past, and they've always been given a hard time. I'd say maybe not LBJ. I don't know. I'm not that old. But but certainly Dan Quayle, you know, was was totally abused. And then and, and then uh, George H.W. Bush also, the whip factor. And then Mike Pence. Uh, and even Biden, of course, they made fun of him when he was Obama's vice president. The one exception I always thought about was Bill Clinton. Uh, it was Al Gore yeah. during the Clinton years. I remember when I was at Georgetown, there was there, the college Democrat types who I knew, they, they, were, they had T-shirts. And one of them, the T-shirt was, the picture was Clinton Gore. And it was, Bill Clinton might not be perfect, but Al Gore comes awfully close. Oh, wow. <laughs> was, you know, wow. and then it's funny how things turn out. Yeah. Um, but what, what, and I think, I don't know, for, for Kamala Harris, uh, a lot of it is she was tasked with some of the worst things that are happening in this country. Why didn't they yes. put her in uh, charge of supply chain? Why don't, well, you know, just the icing on the cake. Yeah. Uh, and because of that, then if they associate with her, and she tried, of course, not to be the face of these particular problems. The border is uh, among right. them as well. That's right. Yeah, it's and a, they're just it's... trying to downplay any of these particular things, uh, and it's blowing up. But those numbers are really bad. Really impressively bad. I have always said that I don't want to run for anything, but if I were to be offered the VP slot, I'd do that job. Oh, the I think, travel. I'll I think, travel alone. I think that. Send me anywhere. Also, the house is nicer than the White House. It is, uh, the, by the observatory. It's beautiful. It's lovely. It's a great, oh, I, great piece of property. It's, you know, I mean, and, and, and it's funny because, you know, it, it, it's that common trope, you know, about, you know, you're, I think, was it McCain who said he didn't want to be vice president? I, correct me if I'm wrong. About, you know, you're only there for, like, funerals. Yeah, no, those, those are all the reasons that people don't want to be vice yes. president is why I would and yet, take that job. oftentimes if they're asked, they're, oh, okay, I'll do it. Because they think that that's the way in to becoming president, but not necessarily, as yeah, we know. Well, that I would strive to be VP, live in the nice house, do the things, meet the people, go traveling, be as unpopular as Harris, and then move on with my life. Take all the lumps. <laughs> you, you're the, you know, you're the one who's going to take all the hits for your guy or girl. And then do whatever you want to do when you're done. Well, I think I Cash have a plan. Out. I think I have a plan. This is where I'm headed with my life, guys. <laughs> I just had to find somebody and to you ask a, me. And I think you do get a security detail. Uh, yes, after. you do. Yeah. I think you do. It's very nice. <sighs> we have a plan for Kamala Harris. That's I'm, I'm ready to go. Um, do you think the recently passed infrastructure bill will help with any of this? Oh, yes. That's right. I actually jotted that note down. Uh, no. I don't <laughs> think so. All right. There are... They want it to be. I've read a few people in their columns. I'm not going to name them, but they're very excited saying, wait, this is the turnaround we've been waiting for. And I think the Washington Post was particularly cheerleaderish about this a couple of days ago after it passed, saying that suddenly he's back on top. Yeah. This is it. Well, and if you I'll, – I'll recap. If you haven't been – studying Sorry. the hill at every moment, um, which you shouldn't. Yes, please, I don't, please, I don't, explain, please I don't explain to me. I don't advise it. There were two bills, as I've said before. That one was a slightly cheaper one, which is the bipartisan infrastructure bill. It was also bipartisan, as the name suggests. Mm-hmm. Had already been passed in the Senate, went to the House. There's another more ambitious bill that had been $3.5 trillion, now is, mm-hmm. has been negotiated down to yeah. something in around the twos that progressives want to pass. That has not yet gotten that's right. and a vote. That is the more controversial one. It hasn't been scored yet. 
And of course, that contains a lot of the cradle to grave perks. Yes. That's, shall we say. that's the that's the more sort of ambitious social en- agenda. That's right. The infrastructure one is, you know, a smattering of roads and things like that. Some other things as well. That, because, that's right. Because every single bill as must we have. Know, a colleague of, uh, of of mine is very upset because that includes this device. They want cars, car companies, to come up with a device that senses if you've been drinking before yes. you drive. This is so. This is sort of emblematic. To me, of why I'm against like basically every bill um, in the federal yes. government is because they come up with a list of things that sound nice, and they're like, "Let's give this money," and then they come up with a giant amount of money, and in order to fund this, we we rob our grandchildren so that we can tell car companies to put a technology that does not yet exist into cars so that free Americans. Mm-hmm will have technology of questionable efficacy testing their their well, I breath can, for alcohol yes. before they drive their cars. I, well, you know, I will never drive again. No, oh I'm just God. kidding. Anybody's listening here. Yeah. I'm very responsible. <laughs> but uh, but, but it, it wouldn't be able to tell if you were the passenger or whatever. It's just testing the alcohol and the well, air is what they think. And so way too much of the reporting on these types of things is, hey, they're going to do this thing that will save this many deaths in drunk driving incidents. And I'm like, look, I'm on board for preventing deaths in drunk driving incidents. I'm, yes. Everybody's on board who's for not, that. Who's not for that? The question is, does this legislation get you there, considering that there is no efficient technology for this yet, and you're telling me in a couple years that all cars will have to have it? That's right. I think, And the ultimate objective may very well be just driverless cars in. Oh. See? That's where we're going. Driverless electric. The future is here. All my, all my kids are just going to learn on my old 2002 Honda Civic. You've got to crank those yeah, windows. You've got to push the clutch assuming in. Assuming they don't ban those from the roads. I know. Well, well they won't have a breathalyzer that, yes. in them of questionable efficacy. That, but right. I just think too often these bills are framed as, look at mm-hmm. all these great things mm-hmm. that the bill says it will do. And we all know that there are unintended consequences mm-hmm. from these things. And we don't analyze them often enough. And as for the uh, the Republicans who actually helped push this bill over, because without their support, the the squad, the squad was against this, weren't they? Yes. Um, so the progressives voted against, or a handful of them. It was yes, only about six. Uh, voted against the 13, 13 Republicans, went the other way. Mostly Some, from the Northeast, so getting a lot of money right. up there, as you know. In the Some are upset about this. Oh, sure. I would say I'm not super happy with it. Yeah. Just because I'm I'm one of these old old throwback people who just doesn't want them to spend any more money because they spent so that's much money. Right. By the way, one, one of the ways that they pay for, quote unquote, this bill is from unused COVID funds. To which I say, maybe let's not spend any more until they spent could have the alleged emergency COVID yes. funds. That's right. It's just a thought. That's right. It's just a thought. So there we are. It's funny how we started the conversation saying, well, you know, the infrastructure is not that bad. It's the other one that's going to be really bad. And then now, now we're talking about how bad this, uh, this is. So it well, is, there either, are bad things in it. That's either sure. one of them. And and if you're a person who is a big fan of the BIF, yes. the bipartisan infrastructure bill, which is what they called it because Congress calls things terrible things. Yes. The other one is the Build Back Better, BBB. If you're a fan of it, fine. But we must concede that at $1.2 trillion, it is one of the largest bills that's ever right. to pass that's right just wait for the next one <sighs> so we'll see what happens but that's going to be a lot more divisive and that's very still unclear with mansion and cinema so and also is anyone clamoring for these bills 
It's like the pre- <laughs> no people no what, you know what they're clamoring for is is to have uh, cheaper milk yeah no okay. i i am genuinely concerned yeah. that the more you keep doing this yeah the more we have an inflation problem that's right which although might end in political endings that i like <laughs> does not help right. families right i bought olive oil the other day and it was 18 dollars. is that normal i forget <laughs> when did that happen <laughs> It's so expensive. Depends how much olive oil. It's a jug, not the giant jug, but maybe it's like 750 milliliters. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's I just, really? Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, fine. Did you know that there's uh, very few olive oils for sale in grocery stores that are like truly olive oil? There's like a whole- What am I, what are you saying? What am I, what, what I got, canola? No, no, no. I'm just bottle? saying like there's a, there's one of those, you know, percentage rackets oh, where oh, like yeah, you have to, yeah, sure, there's only a certain, certain percentage yes. of olive oil. So- you can Google oh, it and find out what the good ones are. Okay. And then you can pay $27. I was going to say, then I got to go to the Italian store for that. <laughs> and it comes in the tin and it looks straight out of Godfather Part 2. Okay. All right. Go. We're going to end today with a little with a little COVID news. And by COVID news, I mean mandates and masks. There's a lot of hard news. Today. We're doing a lot of hard news today. But we also did news. a lot of chit-chat. Oh, a lot of chit-chat this Yes, you know, and the and the the baby's chit chatting, so I feel like it really lightened the I mood. I feel like Joy Philbin. Oh, she she would just repeat whatever reaches that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of chit chat. <laughs> just true. repeat the end of my sentences. Oh yeah, repeat That's, the end. I should tell my husband to do that. <laughs> you like, won't even mm-hmm, notice. You mm-hmm. won't even know. It really works, by the way. <laughs> All right, so there is a challenge to the federal mandate for private businesses over 100 employees to uh, to require their workers to have the vaccine. Uh, it is in the Fifth Circuit. Is that right? Fifth yes. Circuit? And the Fifth Circuit has has agreed to a, a stay, essentially, that this is this is not happening right now because right. it has found the plaintiff's arguments compelling, that there is a constitutional and a statutory issue with this mandate. This mandate is uh, comes from OSHA. Yeah. The, um, what, shoot. Occupational safety. Thank you. I was was like, let me translate that into regular. I don't know the regular. Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, we got it. Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Sorry, I said hazard. (laughs) You know, it is. Well, that's that's part of it too. And as as a federal agency, they can mandate this. Is the argument of the government? There's a Louisiana business uh, grocery store chain that says, "Eh, eh, we're we're bringing this to a challenge, and uh, and as of now. That court says, eh, you know, it looks like there's some some issues here. So they will take a a response from the federal government by Monday, and then a response from the plaintiffs again by Tuesday, and we'll know That's a little right. bit more about this. I, I I think that there's two other interesting things happening. One is you're seeing a lot of places are not ready for this, and so they are not ready to uh, impose this mandate or. Even to conduct this sort of weekly testing, which is what they wanted, because you got to buy all the testing supplies. Right. And none of this stuff is reusable, obviously. And also, who's paying for it? Yeah. So this is and this is a mandate that was announced what a month or two ago, mm-hmm. and would go into effect in January. So one of the arguments is, hey, is this truly an emergency? That's right. When or what you call an ETS, three or four months right? to um, yes. Emergency that's, temporary standard. Right. That's the way they've they've justified that they have the power to do this. That's right. And I'm interested in all of these challenges to the lockdown policies, mm-hmm. to this, because even if you agree with them as a policy right now, knowing what the federal government has the power to do or your state government has the power to do in future uh, pandemics or um, 
quote unquote emergencies that might not be as emergent as they claim, knowing those limits is really important for Americans. That's right. And this one seems to me, I would side probably unsurprisingly with the plaintiffs who argue, hey, if they have the power to do this, what exactly do they not have the power to do under this Nothing. rule? And they that is concerning to me. This is, uh, yes. And this also is, this was Biden's, remember this was his sidestep around his promise that he wasn't going to impose any mandates on on the rest of the country. And th- what he did was just impose it on OSHA to do the imposing. You know, it's, it, yeah. it's, it's like... It's, it's, a tech, it's a technicality. Yes, yes. Needless to say, the right of women to make decisions about their own bodies is not negotiable. No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. Our interest is very simple from the federal government, which is Americans' privacy and rights should be protected. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. If, if you've ever seen the movie uh, Sneakers and, 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 and Ben Kingsley's, you know, Robert Redford says, I can't believe you're going to kill me. I'm your friend. He goes, I can't kill you, my friend. He gives you know, the gun to the other guy. Kill my friend. You know, I mean, this is, so I mean, it's, it, there's not much difference here. And so OSHA is actually doing the dirty work here. Um, but again, you're seeing the problems already in a lot of places where they're not ready to uh, have this. And also cases are going down. So uh, the, the urgency. Well, that's a whole other story. Yes. So we will see where that lands. But that is that's in the courts now. And then last, we have Rochelle Rochelle. Rochelle Walensky. Oh, yes. The head of the CDC. Who? Uh, <laughs> that's what, what is it from Milan to Minsk from Seinfeld? That's a <laughs> Seinfeld reference. Rochelle yeah. Rochelle. I think it. I think of that every time I hear her name. So she tweeted this week about and on the CDC's behalf about masking to prevent the spread of all sorts of things like flu and the cold. To which I said again, worried about the limits of the federal government and their various agencies. I don't think it is in the mission of Rochelle Walensky to prevent the common cold and to curtail people's freedoms in order to do that. So where where are we headed here? Well, because of where we are, where we are in this area, that would be most welcome. Again, I continue to see people outside alone on the sidewalk with their mask. And maybe because it's chilly, I don't know. I will say masks much more tolerable in the winter in the winter, than the right, summer. Right, exactly. But they would welcome it because they enjoy that sort of, you know, having that around. And they're, they're, and they're a lot of people are very scared. But the, the, the fear has, the fear is shifting, right? Yeah. It, it's not, I'm scared of, some people are scared of dying. But, you know, in general, there's the fear of dying, the fear of getting hospitalized. Now it's just the fear of getting it. Yeah, and I do think... People are they're scared of getting sick. And, you know, we always took... A lot of kids die of flu every year. Yeah. It's a terrible thing. But we didn't have this kind of reaction to the flu. And the flu the flu is deadly. The flu kills a lot of old people every year. Right, and we have to figure out... 40 what, to 60,000 people. How do we do policy yes. that reflects the actual danger of, That's of right. various things? And, and, the, yeah. and there has to be a limiting principle. Again, my issue is like, well, if we're preventing cold with mask mandates, then they will never not exist. That's right. That'll be masked and that is forever. What, that is what concerns me. She also, she tweets, masks can help reduce your chance of COVID-19 infection by more than 80%. Masks also help protect from other illnesses like common cold and flu. I know, right? Wearing a mask along with getting vaccinated are important steps to stay healthy. Okay, that 80% number, even for the most right. fervent mask advocates, they can't figure out 
exactly where that's coming from because <laughs> that's that's like a fitted N95 yeah. for 24 hours a day. Yeah, goggles. Maybe some fa- time maybe off goggles, while you're sleeping. Maybe goggles and face mask while you're at it. So I dispute the 80 percent, and I dispute the idea that that's right. That we should that this should be our goal, or that this should be the federal government's goal. Right. But and again, and she probably looks. You know, you look to other countries, particularly in the Far East, and you know they've been wearing masks for a long time for various reasons. Uh, in the environment or for health reasons, but that's never been in our yeah. America's well, DNA. And so. I think we'll get to a point where it's less of a cultural flashpoint, and people will wear masks around the grocery store more often if they're immunocompromised, if they're if, they are. if they're worried about um, sure. a particular Absolutely. flu strain. And that's fine. Okay. I just if think you want to, but don't. It's the mandating. I'll that tell you gets this. Me. It's the mandating that gets me. I came across an old video of. Uh, the, the, the Disney cruise I went on on my parents' 50th wedding anniversary in 2018. And uh, I guess Kate... Did had, you get the norovirus? No, well, that's the thing, right? Norovirus is awful, awful. The video is all these people crammed in there. There's a dance floor. That, for This is in the kids' area for the... Uh, I forget what they call it. The, uh, the, 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 not the, what is it called? The, the Imagineers Club or whatever mm-hmm. it is for the, uh, for, for, for the kids. And there are all these kids hanging around and doing different things, running around in crowd. And it's so funny. There is not a single mask. And it's so weird to see that. Yeah. And, and if you see any old movie with people in New York City and everyone's walking down the street and it's crowded and shoulder to shoulder in these movies and everyone's crowded and there's no masks. Well, is that gone? Well, we never see that again. And I do. And there are there people out there thinking, oh, oh, that's such a scary sight. Thank God yeah. we don't have I, to do does, that anymore. It does bother some people. And there, I think there will always be a smattering of yeah. masks. And again, no issue as long as I don't have to do it all the time by order of the state or the federal government. There you go. <laughs> that's all I'm asking. Oh, we did not have any silly stories today. Oh, but let yeah. me let me offer a pertinent update Go to our last it. episode, which is that the astronauts who had to wear oh, diapers yes. when they, they came back, they made it back. I do not have information on the state of said diapers, but they did make it back to Earth. Absorbing. And everybody seems okay. Whew. So Thank they were you. in space for 199 days. What? Yeah. They were at the International Space System. Oh, space yeah, Space Station? Station. But the, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. But the bathroom was working in the station. It was just getting there that they didn't yes. have the bathroom. Yes, Okay, I was going to say, I really, that's a... They you're not held gonna, it you're not for 199 it. days. Well, well, as my mother used to say, that's how you get kidney stones. <laughs> okay, that wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Uh, remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I'm MK Hammer on Twitter and MK Hammer Time on Instagram. Please follow me. You might see some baby pics. And uh, follow Vic and anybody else who puts out pictures of him unauthorized because you will find out all the interesting things that he does and the people that he hangs out with. VIP stuff over here, Vic. Please, no. A star-studded update to our Virginia coverage. Thanks for listening. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast.